Welcome to Liberty Chats, produced by members of the Steamboat Institute's Emerging Leaders Council. Thank you for joining us. We talk to a variety of experts, leaders, journalists, and policymakers about our nation's founding principles, why they are still so relevant and essential to preserving freedom for everyone, what specific challenges and threats they face today, and how those founding principles best safeguard and empower everyone's ability, young and old, to attain prosperity and personal happiness. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Liberty Chats, a podcast hosted by your friends at the Steamboat Institute. My name is Anastasia Ratcliffe, and I am joined today by Isabel Brown. Isabel Brown is a current contributor at Turning Point USA and has her master's degree from Georgetown University and a bachelor's degree from Colorado State University. Um, That is a pretty dry introduction to you, Isabel, and you're quite a dynamic person. So can you just tell us a little bit about yourself, where you come from, and what you do? Absolutely, Anastasia, and thank you so much for having me. I love the Steamboat Institute. They're actually right there in my backyard uh, from the state of Colorado, where I grew up. So it's always so fun to join up together and continue continue spreading freedom and liberty out in the American West. As you mentioned, I am a contributor for Turning Point USA, which is America's largest and fastest growing youth conservative organization. Uh, But really, just generally speaking, I'm a bit of an influencer. I hate that word, but that is what I am on social media and a political commentator in the conservative movement. I never intended to end up here in my career, but I'm so glad that I did. Um, As you mentioned, I started out my educational journey at Colorado State University in biomedical sciences, and I was pre-med. My dream is to become a surgeon, but fell much more in love with the public policy and government side of things during college through a few internships with the U.S. Senate and the White House under the Trump administration, which led me to pursue my master's degree at Georgetown there in Washington, D.C., in biomedical sciences, policy, and advocacy. Uh, And now, obviously, I deal with a much bigger world in the political realm than just public health, but it has been such a wild ride the last few years. I get to interact with thousands and thousands of college students every day from across the country and different audiences, both in person and online as well. That's fantastic. And so to dive in a little bit deeper, you and I share some commonalities. I, too, am a graduate of Colorado State University. I went there for my master's in public health, and my background is also um, in the sciences. So tell me a little bit about your journey and the experiences, um, you know, to transition into the into the area of influencing and policy and advocacy. You know, when I say I set out to study science, it wasn't always my biggest love in life. I didn't love biology or chemistry classes in high school, but I loved the medical field and I loved generally the field of science growing up because for me, science was about the pursuit of objective truth at the end of the day. It was about answering the questions that we knew and that we didn't know, what we could prove and what we knew was false and reaching some sort of objective reality answer that was proven by all of the data that we had amassed in the world. 
And when I talk about wanting to pursue science, really for me, it was uncovering the most fundamental truths of the universe, of humanity, of how we can help humanity in the best way possible as a physician. Uh, and it was so interesting starting out my journey at Colorado State University, as you know, a very renowned research institution with a lot of opportunities for both pre-medical and pre-veterinary students, I suddenly found myself sitting in classes like chemistry and physics and anatomy and physiology. And instead of talking about those objective truths that science is supposed to be all about, we were talking about my professor's political opinions as scientific canon. We were spending classes discussing the Southern border border wall and why that was immoral or why the First Amendment should no longer be part of American society because it's outdated and antiquated, or even that abortion was not ending a unique biological genetic human life, but just a medical procedure that all of us likely would be forced to participate in at some point in our medical career in the future beyond college. And it dawned on me uh, through my time at, at CSU initially from 2015 to 2019, that science, at least in academia, was no longer about the pursuit of objective truth. It was about the most powerful voice in the room on any given day, be it my professors or anyone else controlling the quote unquote science and what we accepted as fact. And nothing became more concrete in that reality for me than my master's degree, where I was in Washington, D.C. I was taking classes from some of the top, top people at the World Health Organization or the Centers for Disease Control or the FDA. And as I was taking these classes, we were being told that there was a potential for a new pandemic, the COVID-19 pandemic, escaping the country of China and potentially coming to the United States. And obviously, my experience was cut short. I ended up finishing my master's degree in the spring of 2020 completely online uh, due to government shutdowns there in Washington, D.C. and the university shutting down. But to learn about pandemic law and how we've handled quarantines and what historic pandemic situations have looked like in real time, noting that none of our response to this pandemic remotely resembled anything that we have done in the past, it became painfully aware to me and to my classmates that science was changing. And the idea of science being the pursuit of objective truth was honestly no longer a thing of the present. It was a thing of the past. And now I think ultimately all Americans, even those without backgrounds like us in the hard sciences, have gotten a crash course in the truth that science is about the loudest voice at the end of the day. And we're experiencing a unique time in human history where we're fitting all of the data and statistics and criteria into a predetermined conclusion rather than setting a hypothesis and then seeing if it's right or wrong. So through my journey educationally, I realized that if people weren't going to speak up for objective truth in science or anywhere else in society, I was probably going to have to do that in my community as a college student, on my Instagram account, or anywhere else that my journey would take me. So whether it was something as simple as saying there are such thing as two genders and that's it, or proving the reality of biological life for a preborn child, I started to do that in my classes and then expanded beyond that into a much larger role beyond just the hard sciences on my social media. Absolutely. And, and and if I may comment, you have a very beautifully curated website and your Instagram um, is, is beautiful and I think really strong. So how has just, how has the reception been to the audience that you speak to, to the messages that you're delivering to them? 
you know, I never expected that I would have so many followers on Instagram or have videos go viral on TikTok. It was never something I was interested in. Uh, when I started this journey, my first job in the conservative movement was with PragerU out of Los Angeles. I had about 800 followers on my Instagram and I just turned it to a public account. So never imagined that I would host shows on Instagram TV or be posting funny TikToks and reels to accounts with tens of thousands of followers. Uh, but it's so interesting what the reception has been like because really I think for the first time youth and youth culture in America is no longer by default a leftist community. And I say this a lot, especially to older audiences that I speak to, particularly Republican Party fundraisers or state GOP conventions. When we think of youth in America, typically our mind jumps to what the culture of millennials has been. And when we think millennials, we think participation trophies and entitlement and, you know, the girl in the yellow construction vest screaming at the sky after Donald Trump won the 2016 presidential election because she couldn't handle the emotional response, which we all love to chuckle at and make memes of. But that has become mainstream culture. And what youth in America, and particularly high schoolers and college students, young adults really love to do, it's been historic throughout time, is be countercultural to be a rebel, to be something that goes against the grain. And in 2021 America, what we're seeing for that and what that means for Generation Z, Americans born in 1997 or later, which I am the oldest age group of, to be countercultural means to embrace traditional values. It means to embrace objective truth. It means to no longer be entitled or want a participation trophy, but to work hard and maybe reject the idea of hookup culture and get married young, which we're seeing a lot with Gen Z. And this has become so much bigger than political talking points for Gen Z. This is really the end of life as we know it. We're the end of the alphabet as Generation Z. The next generation is Gen Alpha. So we're having a reset button here in American culture. And so people my age, age 24 to younger, about 14 or 15, are grasping for something different. They're looking for limited government. They're looking for freedom. They're looking to be countercultural. And I think that's why the response to my content has been so strong. But there's so much interest in groups like Turning Point USA, PragerU, The Daily Wire, so many of these companies and organizations organizations that are fighting to go against the grain and deliver something different. And I'm just so honored to be a part of that. And so where do you see the direction of the country going? You know, you speak of this counterculturalism, um, the sort of wave of younger generations uh, wanting more traditional uh, lifestyles, I guess, for lack of a better term. Do you do you have have hope that we will, I guess, return to that type of model of society or um, I guess I guess the, ca- the counter vision of that. Are we going to continue to move down this progressive road um, of relativism? The short answer is both. And I will explain that. But to answer your second question up front, I do have significant hope in the future of our country. America as an idea and as an institution is not dead yet, despite what you may be hearing from traditional media, turn off CNN, turn off MSNBC, even turn off Fox News and some of the other conservative traditional cable news networks. If you can turn off the noise of what we are being told that the country is experiencing right now and just interact with humanity in the easiest, most uncut, unscripted, unfiltered way possible, America is not dead yet. So let me paint a picture for you of what that might look like. 
Generation Z has been proven through several national polls and surveys to be the most conservative generation America has seen since World War II. That is a big deal, especially because millennials have been the most politically progressive generation our country has ever seen. So when we talk about being countercultural, going against the grain and rebelling against the ideas of the generation before us, Gen Z issue by issue is embracing conservative values, be it pro-life issues, be it limited government, anti-mandate. What we're seeing is this rise of individualism happening again in America, which was very similar to what we experienced during the American Revolution, wanting to embrace individual rights over the collective, over a monarchy, and over big government. What's interesting about Generation Z is that the majority of us have not been able to vote until now. So I think the midterm elections in 2022, as well as the next presidential election in 2024, will paint a very clear picture of what the future of voting demographics will look like in our country. And I think it's going to surprise some people. But in the midst of that, there's sure to be a blowback and a pushback from the radical left wanting to control that movement as much as possible. Every American from every walk of life in every city and every town and every state, blue state, red state, coast to coast, somewhere in the middle, it doesn't matter. We've all experienced the thumb of big government in the time of COVID-19, be it our businesses being forcibly closed, not being able to go to school, or maybe even being told we can't gather with friends and family members over important dates or holidays. Everyone has that collective experience. And now that the big government progressive left wing of the Democrat Party has experienced success in that area, I don't think they're going to give that up easily or anytime soon. So while you're seeing this rise of individualism, of a liberty focused movement, of constitutional conservatism, uh, and really abandoning the idea of establishment republicanism, but just true conservative values, you're also seeing a push towards bigger government, more control more censorship, more lockdowns from the political left. And so I think that tug of war and the pendulum swing that we've historically experienced in the United States is only going to get more intense and more severe. But conservative values are truly on the rise again with Gen Z. And I do not think all hope is lost for the future. So in consideration of, I guess, young, younger audiences and uh, younger Americans who are feeling, you know, really invigorated by these, by American ideas, often I've seen that they're not, they're not the best communicators at delivering their messages in ways that are appealing or engaging for someone who might disagree with them, or even oftentimes for, for folks who do agree with them. Sometimes their messaging isn't as palatable, um, given that you're a social media presence and, you know, clearly very articulate. Um, What type of communication advice would you give, um, you know, to young Americans or to conservative Americans in general for communicating their ideas to others? I love that you bring this up because this point is something that I think we've been unsuccessful with in the conservative movement so far. It's so easy in the political realm to get sucked into viral five-second gotcha moments. You know, you hear a lot of conservative uh, influencers and personalities on social media talk about clickbait or talk about owning the libs for a few seconds, which can be very funny and can certainly go viral on social media, but that's not effective in actually changing people's minds or pointing out why conservatism may be the best answer for humanity moving forward. 
when I've spoken with leftists on campus and particularly people who identify, self-identify as socialists, they don't really know what socialism means. And so the good news is the left isn't great at communicating this either, but what they have handled quite well is changing the definition of socialism and big government into a euphemism for compassion and human rights. Most college students and high schoolers as well nowadays genuinely believe that the only way to achieve true equality, gender equality, racial equality, socioeconomic equality, is to usher in more government control through this magical system called socialism. But when you start to ask them more pointed questions about what that might look like, they can't answer those questions nine and a half times out of 10. So when we take the time to have much longer conversations, to be patient and compassionate, uh, and just very kindly and respectfully explain the viewpoints and the points of conservatism, people have a light switch moment and the light bulb goes off in their mind and they realize, oh, wow, if I really care about equality in any of those buckets that I mentioned before or anywhere in humanity, there's really only one answer, and that is to allow human flourishing to take place, to allow for the maximum success possible for every single individual rather than limiting everyone under the big thumb of big government. And I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with friends and family members in my own life or even just students on college campuses that I visit for my job with Turning Point USA that rather than reaching for the clickbait viral own the libs moment and try to shut people down, taking five to 10 minutes or even months on end, explaining what I believe to someone and asking why they believe what they do, seeing that light switch moment take place is so powerful. And I think as conservatives, we have to embrace that patience, that respect, and really that emotional factor that the left is so good at manipulating to harness people's desire to be compassionate for humanity uh, and embrace leftism. If we can take control of that narrative slowly and patiently and respectfully, I think there will be a whole generation of conservatives the world never saw coming. We're already starting to see a lot of that in the pro-life movement. Just yesterday, thousands and thousands of people gathered at the Supreme Court for the Dobbs case. Uh, and I saw pictures of hundreds and hundreds of leftists holding posters saying, I'm a socialist, I'm a leftist, but I'm pro-life. Uh, and if that issue, potentially the most controversial political issue of our time, can still lead people to jump over to the other side of the fence, those conversations mean hope is not lost. Absolutely. And I just think that vir that virtuous approach and compassionate approach to these conversations is really needed uh, in, in our society and loved everything that you had to say about that. So as, as we end, you know, our time together, I feel like it's flown by quickly. Um, I want to circle back to you and the work that you're, you're doing or want to do in the future. I read that you're going to be starting a clothing line or you, you have started a clothing line um, on top of being a contributor. And of course you have you, your website and all the work that you're doing. So what's next for Isabel Brown and what should we watch out for? I do have a merchandise line. It's very fun and very Gen Z oriented. And I get this question quite a lot. It's probably the most frequent question that I receive doing the work that I do. But what I love to tell people is that the best part about my job is I have no idea what tomorrow is going to look like. When I was planning on being a doctor and going to medical school, I had the next eight years perfectly planned out, perfectly scripted of exactly the steps that I needed to take and what educational programs I'd be in and all the tests 
tests that I needed to study for. And all of a sudden, working in social media and in public speaking and in this cultural war and cultural movement that's constantly dynamic and changing, every day looks different for me. So sometimes it might be really working on building an audience on TikTok. Sometimes I'm on national news several times a day or traveling to speak to large audiences in person. Uh, My hope is that ultimately whatever I end up doing, be it online or in person and wherever my career ends up taking me, my goal is to continue just telling the truth every day to people, returning to my roots of wanting to pursue objective truth, to understand it, to live rooted in it and share it with others. Well, thank you, Isabel. I appreciate your time today and have really enjoyed our conversation. Uh, To our listeners, thank you for listening into Liberty Chats. Thank you for listening to today's Liberty Chat. I'm Erica Anderson, the producer of the podcast. Our podcast editor is Fingers Malloy. My co-producers include Charlotte Whalen, Zachary Rogers, Lindsay Martin, and Christina Eastman, all members of the Steamboat Institute's Emerging Leaders Council, who represent the next generation of free market, free speech, leadership. We hope you tune in again for our next Liberty Chat episode. I wanna be free. I wanna be free.